Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Crime and Coffee Couple. My name's Allison. And my name's Mike. Hello, Mike. Hey, I want to just start out right away saying I'm sorry for my voice. I know it sounds terrible, and if you think, holy cow, Mike, stop talking, then, um, yeah, you're going to have a rough time with me just introducing myself here. But other than that, Allison's giving the presentation, so we should be pretty good. But, uh, yeah, feeling uh, feeling fine, just a little scratchy throat, I guess, yeah. which is great because my job is talking to people. Um, so hopefully by um, the other week, I'll be all right. I hope so. Yeah. We'll see. And uh, in the meantime, I'm in my comfies. I mean, I don't know if, you know, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna try to put this YouTube on pretty quickly because I'm going to talk a lot about my appearance here. So um, I'm wearing a T-shirt. I kind of look homeless, I would say. I uh, think you look like a person that's enjoying their Saturday on a cool day at home. Yeah. And then you look like a million bucks. Oh, so. no. I'm wearing a sweatshirt and Viore joggers. Well, you're very cute. So well, thank you. Um, I'm wearing pajama pants. Allison's got this thing where she's like she gets so excited when i put on pajama pants i think it's a girl thing where you're like you don't want you want your significant other to look comfy yeah it's like you're settling in for a cozy day at home that's what it tells me with a warm cup of coffee yeah you know so i as soon as i put them on i hate them i hate wearing them because they're they always make me hot i run hot i'm kind of obese i'm like close to clinically obese i would say you're insane uh so it's it's like one of those things they make me hot so i would just want to wear shorts all the time here in florida though it's cold right well i mean all over the u.s it's it's like a high of 50 in florida which you know for here it's cold i know you people up north are like (laughs) wow like we we have to find jackets and stuff it's pretty bad (laughs) i mean i don't even know where a jacket is so um but yeah i'm wearing my my comfy little uh pajama pants and if you have the youtube i'm going to show some absolutely weird shoes that allison bought me a long time ago because i had the gout so i'm, I'm sounding like a real winner now <laughs> but these are like these pediatric or not pediatric but what what do they call the old people's shoes oh geriatric Ger- uh, maybe geriatric shoes they look horrible but they're so very comfortable they are so butt-ass ugly so if you don't have access to youtube then i'm just going to explain it they're kind of like uh, leathery material but they have like a fur on the inside and then they have two gigantic straps so that you just strap them over the top now the nice thing it's all velcro so that's extra cool so now these are house shoes but you know so any house shoe i would not wear outside because it's a house shoe okay and the brand is called old friend so you know it's good I just noticed it's called Old Friend. I think there's a dog on here, too. And I think you were 20-something years old when I bought you those. And you were. You were. It was. We didn't have kids yet. Yeah. So you were probably somewhere around 28 years old when I bought you those yeah, shoes. Yeah. They're, they're good. I mean, they're very comfortable. Anytime it's warm outside, I put on my cold old friends. outside. I'm going to start calling them old, old friends now. Oh, my God. <laughs> they're my old friends. Oh. So no, no advertisements here whatsoever. But, old Friend is not sponsoring us. Yeah, but you should because, man, man alive, they are comfortable. Well, just, if it ties tells they've held up i mean because that was what 15 years ago somewhere around there yeah so so far oh so my good. gosh that really got me a laugh yeah so uh, i apologize if you're watching this on youtube otherwise hope you enjoyed a laugh at my expense and listening to me it's just yeah terrible. we've got sickness in this house our daughter fell asleep in the back bedroom the other day it's our guest bedroom i went to the bathroom back there and she was still sleeping it was a school day and i was like oh that's weird she fell asleep back here And then it was time for her to wake up for school. I go back there. She's like sitting up in bed and her eyes are all red. And I'm like, what's going on? And she just like busts out crying. She's like, I don't feel good. I kiss her forehead. Could tell right away she has a fever. She was a disaster yesterday. And she's such a trooper. She's just always wants to be happy and not feel sick. And oh, it just broke my heart. So thankfully, I was able to work from home and we both were, you know, here to take care of her. Yeah. And I think we picked it up at the trampoline 
Park, which is a disgusting center. I mean, it's a great place where we go. Feet. Yeah. All I told, like, I told the girls when they got, she went with her friend. I I took them when they got home. I'm like, you are touching feet, uh, a butt. You're touching uh, (laughs) urine because these people probably pee and touch themselves or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And you're touching all the disgusting things. And if you touch your mouth, that's what you're putting in your mouth. Right. So you did have both wash their hands, but now everybody that went to that trampoline park is sick. Probably. Reese, her friend, and you. Yeah. All of us. So. Thankfully, I was home doing yep. podcast research because I'm so dedicated. Oh, I swear you are doing it like 24 hours a day, basically, which it, is nice. Yeah. So, like, I mean, it's it's good. It's um interesting because we're recording ahead for we're going to go away next weekend. So I had to do two cases. So, yeah. you know, I'm on it. We're here. Yep. And I want to say um, thanks so much for listening. And I want to read a couple of reviews. So if you're enjoying what you're hearing, if you wouldn't mind leaving a review, wherever you leave reviews or just a five star, it, it, that's totally cool. But uh, I want to read one from Audible. Uh, let's see here. This one says, love the banter. People like to complain about the uh, time y'all spend chit-chatting, but I love it. I love the foreplay leading up to the story. Ooh, yeah, it's kind of hot. Ooh. It's kind of hot. Something moved. Uh, and, oh my God. Sorry. Uh, that's, that's not hard to do. That's what she said. Whoa. And we watch The Office all the time. Yeah, we do. It's on all the time. And Allison's Amazon addiction too, since I have an Amazon addiction. You know, a lot of people are saying, bring back the Amazon addiction. If there's something worth mentioning, we can absolutely do it. We will, for sure. We're not going to force it. Every yeah. Week. So uh, I love to hear about the, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I love to hear about the things she buys. I love that you guys don't, holy cow, what am I doing Are you here? doing okay over there? No. Do you have a fever? You can clearly hear I'm not doing okay but no i don't have a fever i love that you guys don't sound extremely scripted and you both chat on many of the uh, topics you bring up keep doing what you do well that's very sweet yeah thanks for leaving that review it means a lot to us people can see that and then you know listen to us hopefully absolutely the more we grow the better we get and we want to get allison doing this full time i mean it would be it would be pretty nice absolutely no it's only gonna be better for everybody one never knows what the road will lead to yeah so all I'm going to do is try my best. And that's what I'm going to do today. That's all you can't do. Because you people deserve my best. Yes, me too. So if you're ready, we're going to go ahead and get started. Let's roll. So this is the story of the murder of Tristan Bailey. And I will tell you that this one, um, obviously, all of our cases are just tragic and devastating. But anytime I can relate to one, like with a child similarly in age, it just like guts me. I swear you always pick the most horrible ones <laughs> yeah it's just very sad but again like we always say these stories deserve to be yes, told the people that are lost definitely need their stories told so this story happens on mother's day of all days sunday may 9th 2021 so this was just you know a couple coming less than two years ago so this is the story of 13 year old tristan bailey so her family called 911 on this morning they reported her missing at 10 a.m the family lived in saint john's florida which is on the atlantic coast it's north of saint augustine and south of jacksonville and interesting because if you're a patron you'll hear um the last case we just told we were just in that city and then we were just like in this city also so yeah. two of my cases just incidentally happened right where we were for our trip not not planned but anyway they lived in a neighborhood called durban crossing uh it looked like a really pretty neighborhood um just you know your typical suburban neighborhood pretty houses upper middle class mm-hmm. okay tristan was an active seventh grader she was a cheerleader who was described as a good student she was doing well in school she had three older sisters and one older brother and she lived with her mom and dad at least 
least one of the siblings was grown and married and out of the house, but it seemed like the rest lived within the home. So four kids were living in the home at the time. She had already won awards and championships for cheerleading, and many recall her kindness and positive outlook on life. Her sister remembers, Tristan always made her presence well known. That's why she shines so bright and cheer and rounded up some of the best friends that a girl could ask for. On the Friday of that weekend, May 7th, Tristan went to the Durban Crossing Food Truck Friday event. It sounds like it was held like at the clubhouse in their neighborhood. Those food truck events are awesome. Love when you can get a bunch of different food trucks together and never get to meet everybody in the neighborhood. Yep, and not have to worry about dinner. So win-win. So a friend's parents drove her there and she also came back and picked them up. And then the next day, which was Saturday, the 8th, the Bailey family went out to dinner and visited one of their adult daughters. They arrived back home at around 11.45 p.m. Shortly after midnight, Tristan's sister, Sophia, saw Tristan speaking with a boy that she didn't recognize. He was wearing a backwards white baseball hat. They weren't in person. Tristan was on a video call. So her sister went to bed, and and that was that. Tristan was last seen wearing what the family believed. And again, if if you ask me, like, oh, what color shirt is your son wearing right now? Like, I I don't know. You know, they change. They they're teenage kids. They're they're always putting something different on. Well, being our son, probably the same one he was wearing three days ago. <laughs> True, especially if it's the weekend. So her family recalled that she possibly was wearing um dark a white cheer shirt because again she was in cheerleading and dark shorts and black van shoes. And then you have those people that say take a picture of your kid all the time just so you know it's like you can't that's, live in that constant fear. That's insane. Yeah, Look, kid, let me line up at the wall. Let me take a picture in case you go missing. Like yeah. that's gonna scar your kid. So another missing persons report indicated that she was wearing a white cheerleading skirt, a dark colored shirt, but this was regardless the last time that Tristan's family would see her alive. Oh, man. Yeah. And this is the, what, 7th, you said? This is Saturday, May 8th, the day before they called her in missing. So Tristan's dad's um, name is Forrest, and he remembers that the next morning it was Mother's Day, May 9th. The plan was for the daughters of the household to make a Mother's Day breakfast for their mom, Stacy. Sophia came downstairs to get things ready. She was, um, Tristan was the youngest, so it's like the older siblings are kind of getting the ball rolling on, on everything. And then they went to wake Tristan up at approximately 9.40 a.m., but she wasn't in her room. The Bailey family searched the home and realized that she just wasn't there. Can you imagine? That would be the worst. That's like a parent's worst nightmare. Uh, first thing, you got to hope that they'd snuck out and went to a friend's house. Or maybe got up early and, I don't know, took a bike ride or something like that. Because, again, this, you know, it's summer, or not summertime, but it's nice and warm. And, you know, maybe your kid's just out seeing some friends in the neighborhood. You're just hoping for the best. Right. So the Bailey family, again, they searched. They they were sure that she wasn't there. Forrest got in his car. He searched the area north of the amenity center, though his daughter was nowhere to be found. At 10 a.m., this is when Stacy, Tristan's mom, made the 911 call to report her daughter missing. During the call, Stacy's voice sounded upset and distraught, obviously. She requested an officer, stating that she had a missing child who was her daughter, Tristan Bailey. She told them that Tristan was a 13-year-old female, approximately 5'4 and 130 pounds, who attended Patriot Oaks Academy. She said that her other children last saw Tristan around midnight and that Tristan should have been asleep in her bedroom. She said that Tristan had never been known to sneak out of the house before. Her cell phone wasn't in her bedroom, and their calls to it were going straight to voicemail. 
her cell phone locations and Snapchat locations were turned off because obviously they were trying to see if they could find her location. A family friend, I guess, also had Tristan on the Life 360 app, but that location was also off. She didn't have Find My iPhone app on her phone, so they couldn't utilize that. So, I mean, she probably, I imagine her phone was just off. Perhaps. Because again, like I said, it was going straight to voicemail. So the dispatcher instructed Stacy to search the house room by room while they were on the phone together. And she told her that, you know, she and the family had already done that. Stacy said that Tristan had recently been hanging out with kids in the neighborhood and she participated in cheerleading for three different squads. You know, there were many people she was affiliated and associated with. Lots of possibilities, a lot of contact. She said that her daughter didn't seem upset before going to bed, though she had been more standoffish lately and spending more time in her bedroom. But again, she's 13. Yeah, I mean, you you got to expect that from teenagers. The moody teenagers, we all know about it and we all were moody right. teenagers. So and you we- know, they're getting to have their independence and they're growing and freedom. that's that's all normal you want to give them their freedom to be able to kind of explore things like safely mm-hmm. and of course they're asking you know what was her state of mind stacy said that tristan never spoke of wanting to leave she never spoke of wanting to harm herself she had voiced that she felt like she didn't do anything right but again that's a normal teenage thing to say sure especially if it's like something recent that mm-hmm. happened you know, maybe a bad test like oh i can't do anything right you know yeah, yeah. or something related to cheerleading sure She took no medications for anxiety or depression, and she didn't have a boyfriend. Her mom indicated that she communicates with several friends from school frequently on the phone. Volunteers quickly came together, abandoning their Mother's Day plans to help police and the family search for the young girl. You know, with social media, word gets out quickly. This is a very tight-knit community. They hear that a 13-year-old girl is missing. They want to help, and they did. Especially the one you saw at the food truck thing yesterday. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, holy cow, she's gone? She's got to be here somewhere. You want to be the one to find her? Be like, okay, she was over here with whoever. Right. So the search was sadly called off that evening after police received a phone call at 6.06 p.m. from a neighbor named Daniel Hart. He was out for a run that evening and stopped because, again, everybody knew about what was going on. So as he was finishing his run, he decided he was going to search the area near his house, and he found what appeared to be a deceased female. He immediately called 911 and did not go near the body, and it was sadly determined that this was 13-year-old Tristan. Oh, my God. What an absolute nightmare. Uh, A nightmare. And honestly, while I was um, researching this... uh, I cried several times, so I can't promise that's not going to happen today. A deputy pronounced her dead at 6.15 p.m. Her body had evidence of sharp force trauma injuries. Residents of the neighborhood quickly came forward. They wanted to help. They wanted to figure out what the hell happened to this 13-year-old child. Well, especially because of her body being in the neighborhood. Somebody had to see something at some point. Like, if you put enough information together, you're going to be able to find this piece of shit who did this to her. So we know that family saw her at midnight and that she was missing when they went to wake her up around 9.40 a.m. So what happened in between those hours? So the the midnight thing was when she was talking to that boy with the backwards hat. On a a video chat. or whatever, yeah. So... Um, obviously a lot of houses and neighborhoods have the ring doorbells. They have surveillance cameras hooked to their houses. So everyone's going in their houses and checking this footage, especially upper middle class. I mean, those cameras are everywhere. Mm -hmm. And this was just last year or a year. It was 2021. Yeah. So people came forward with their surveillance videos that assisted police in solving this murder. 
early that Sunday morning, Tristan was seen at 1.15 a.m. So again, her sister saw her at midnight. This is about an hour and 15 minutes later. So at 1.15 a.m., she was seen from the Durban Crossing Neighborhoods Amenity Center. She was across the way from there. According to AT&T records that her family obtained, she sent a message to a 407 area code, and this was the last time she utilized her cell phone. I believe that's in Orlando. It uh, is, because it's 407 W Disney. (laughs) That's how I remember If if anyone wants to call Disney, that's their number. So the next day, which was Monday, May 10th, a 14-year-old, an eighth-grade boy named Aiden Fucci, was arrested and charged with second-degree murder as he was believed to have killed Tristan. He was how old? 18? No, he was 14. 14. Yeah. Holy shit, man. Like, this is kind of... We, we've talked about these young kids mm-hmm. these past couple episodes. It's so just, just disarming. So Tristan is in seventh grade. Aiden is in eighth grade. The charge was later upgraded to first-degree murder, and he will be tried as an adult. And I say will be because we haven't even gotten there yet. Because the courts were all backed up from COVID and all that stuff, and yeah. everything's taken forever. So because of the severity of the crime, um, he will be uh, tried as an adult, but because he is only 14 years old, he will not be eligible for the death penalty. In Florida, juveniles are separated from the general adult population in jails and prisons. Even when they've been tried as an adult, he will not be kept in like an area where adult prisoners are. That makes sense, I guess. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Doesn't matter. So just a little sidebar there. Nobody cares about his well-being. So Tristan and Aiden both attended Patriot Oaks Academy in St. John's, Florida, and phone records show that Tristan had an incoming call at 1225 a.m. that night that she was last seen, and this number was later identified as Aiden Fucci's. So now they're trying to, you know, I'm going to give you the background of how they got to picking up Aiden. I can't wait to hear all this stuff, and I'm sure Aiden's got quite a... Uh, rec- not a record, but I'm, I'm going to say, mm-hmm. you know, mental problems and things of that nature got into some trouble. So by fellow classmates, Aiden was described as someone who has no feelings towards anyone, including himself. Narcissist. Oh, so not narcissist. No, he doesn't even really Lacking. seem to care about himself. Interesting. Okay. The type of person you would see as a murderer. Literally, this was voiced. Someone who just doesn't care. A numb person. A friend spoke with Tristan on Friday, May 1st, and Tristan mentioned that she was planning to hang out with Aiden, but she didn't want her friend to come because she had a bad feeling about it. (laughs) It was never really expanded on why she had a bad feeling and why she would choose to hang out with him if she did. But again, she's a 13-year-old girl. This is all normal. They're exploring life learning and growing yeah and you want to give them that opportunity and ah that i just you just wish you know something she had a bad feeling so Mm -hmm. bring a friend you know Uh, that's hard aiden had a girlfriend named zophie who was also in eighth grade at the same school so police went to speak with zophie she said that aiden had anger issues and hated the things he did when he was angry such as throwing things so he hated he hated the things that he did yes he had like you know remorse he was able to identify it okay she said that he always carried a knife with him when he wasn't in school and frequently spoke of killing people even about zophie herself Oh my God. Like, so does this guy have parents at all or what? Oh yeah. What's the situation? Situ- Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, right away I'm blaming parents. Like you got to know when your kid is uh, like capable of doing this shit and find some help. And I'm sorry if I'm getting too far ahead of myself here. So on occasion, Aiden would take out his knife and pretend to stab Zophie, his girlfriend. 
sometimes surprising her from behind, putting the knife to her throat and pretending to slit her throat. Kids, if if there's a kid listening to this, I mean, hopefully not because we talk about terrible things. Or any age. Or any age. This is not funny. You should not be in a relationship with somebody that is putting a knife to your throat and pretending to slit it because that is highly disturbing and threatening. Unless it's something you both agree to, you know, whatever. That I mean, everybody does their own thing. But I mean, it's just if somebody's surprising you by trying to like get a little rise out of you by trying to kill you, pretend. Yeah, get out. That's messed up. Absolutely. He even named his two knives that he frequently carried. One was called Picker and one was called Poker. Zophie said that within the last month, they had a conversation and Aiden said he was going to murder someone and he would find a random person walking at night, drag them into the woods and stab them. He said it would happen soon within a month. He said he would act innocent after the murder and continue to kill people. He would then run away, make people believe that he was dead, and continue to kill people. She said he claimed to hear voices in his head when he was angry, uh, and they would tell him that he was worthless and a disappointment. Okay, so you got like you got to be thinking bipolar, schizophrenic, all that kind of stuff. And I don't know if he's ever been diagnosed no, as anything. It's it, I doubt it because it's not there. Right. They would also tell him, these voices when I say they, to kill people when he was angry. He said he knew something was wrong with him and he wanted to get help. Aiden's closest friend is named Dofus Absher, but he goes by the name Trey. So moving forward, I'm going to refer to him as Trey. Trey described Aiden as a big pothead and that all he talked about was marijuana, death, and killing. At 14 years old. Yes. Uh, Man. Oh, and here's the thing. Eighth grade. I, I, I'm an advocate of, you know, using whatever you think is good within reason, but like it's marijuana is dangerous for kids because it really kind of slows down your mental side. So if you get, if you use a lot of marijuana, uh, young, especially before the age of 25, it really affects your mental well-being. So just be careful kids out there, everybody. Yeah. And this story hits close to home because we have a, an eighth grade, 14 year old child, and it's just, it's scary to think that this could happen to such a young person. Like, I know everybody's going to try things and, you know, that, that makes sense. And I'm, I'm an advocate of recreational cannabis being legal everywhere, but mm-hmm. all, everything in moderation. So police soon discovered that Trey was one of the last people to see Tristan alive as well. So they went to his house at 11 a.m. on May 9th. This is the day that Tristan was reported missing. They went to speak with him and he told police that he and Aiden were hanging out together at around 11.30 p.m. the night Tristan was murdered. They were talking and playing video games. Trey told Aiden that he often invites Tristan over when he has friends over and asked if Aiden thought he should invite her, and Aiden agreed, so Trey called Tristan to invite her over. So this may have been the phone call that her sister saw, you know, that night at midnight. Backwards cap, white hat. Yeah. So Aiden then asked for her number and he called her at 1225 a.m., which we do know this happened because records show that he did. Um, He told her she should leave before her sister went to bed. So it was obvious that Tristan on the phone call indicated, oh, I can't go yet. My sister's still awake. I don't want her to see me. So Aiden called and said, just go, you know, who cares about your sister? So when Tristan came over, it was right around 1230 a.m. She snuck around the north side of Trey's house to avoid the home security cameras. Trey said that when she arrived, she was upset and afraid that her sister caught her sneaking out. And by the way, um, if you have security cameras that can be uh, missed, then you should probably adjust your security cameras. Right, or get more. 
He said that while he stayed inside, Aiden and Tristan were outside to smoke CBD. Trey joined them for a bit, but went back inside and fell asleep watching TikTok videos while Aiden and Tristan stayed outside. Trey told police that while the three of them were talking, he mentioned that he was into boxing, and Aiden's response was, his crush is fighting, mine is killing people. Trey said that whenever Aiden spoke of killing people, slitting their throats, or stabbing them, he never specifically mentioned a target. It was just vague about people. If you're hanging out with somebody talking about killing people a lot, like tell somebody number one mm-hmm. and stop hanging out with this person because it's not going to lead to a good thing. No, like I don't. I I know most people probably won't kill somebody, but it's but not going to lead case, somewhere good. You un- know, unfortunately, are we going to hear about this Aiden's piece of shit's parents? Yes. Oh, a little bit. Like uh, I can smell weed like a hundred feet away. If your kid is a pothead at fourteen, like what the hell are you doing? And I hope it's not that they just think they're cool parents and whatever. You can come over and hang out at our house and you know whatever. Uh, I don't know if God. you know he's. Utilizing the neighborhood as his smoking grounds. I'm sure, yeah. Whatever. So maybe he's not doing it in the house but where they could smell it. Weed reeks. You walk into the house, I could smell when somebody's smoking weed or cigarettes or anything. Anybody who's a non-smoker can smell any of that stuff yeah. immediately. So when Trey was making, or I'm sorry, when Aiden was making these crazy statements, and like another thing. Not about the weed itself, but like it just, that it's leading towards something, you know, something else. Right. So like get, get some intervention. Be like, hey, is everything all right? Like right. have some conversations. Why are you trying to numb out? Right. Um, but another thing Aiden had said was that it would be satisfying to watch the blood drain out of someone. I mean, that is really disturbing. So Trey said he did not think that when Aiden said things like this, that he was serious, but he was just using these statements as a way to cope with his home life. Ah. So Trey said that Aiden always carried a knife, just like Zophie did, and described one in particular. When detectives showed him a picture of the murder weapon, he said, yep, I'm 100% confident that that is Aiden's knife. Well, yeah, because he would probably <laughs> talk about them all the time. Pick mm-hmm. her and, 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 and show them, too. Right. Not just, you know, talk about them, but, you know, have them out. He said that Tristan herself had held that knife. She held the knife that just shortly thereafter would kill her which probably got aiden all hot and bothered probably he said that aiden wanted to move in on tristan but he couldn't because he had a girlfriend trey said that when aiden and tristan came inside and woke him up he told them that they should leave since he was grounded and wasn't supposed to even be having people over he recalls them leaving together at around 1 10 a.m and tristan was wearing a black and gray t-shirt with the word pink across the front and black sweatpants uh, Victoria's Secret. Yeah. The next morning, when police came to his house at 11 a.m., he didn't understand why they were there. Like, what What are you at my door for? This is when police told that or told him that Tristan was missing. He tried calling and texting Tristan, but just like her parents, he couldn't reach her. He also called Aiden and said he didn't. Aiden said he didn't know where Tristan was. Police left Trey's house and had headed to Aiden's, and Trey made a FaceTime call to tell Aiden, hey, police are on their way to speak with you. And Trey said that he recalls that um, Aiden's face showed that he looked a little panicked. So police then went to Aiden's house within the same neighborhood to interview him, and his mother, Crystal Smith, gave consent because, again, he is a minor. Interesting. So I, That's that's really interesting that a parent would give consent. I wouldn't um, to protect my own kid just in case he wasn't the one because, you know, these interviews can be really heated and stuff. So mm-hmm. I'd want to protect my kid, but 
I wonder if the parents thought that he's possibly capable of this sort of thing. So I, it, it does turn around. Initially, they're saying, yeah, you can talk to him. Eventually, they're going to say, don't say a word. We're getting a lawyer. Uh, so at first, I don't know that the parents, you know, questioned it. They were probably thinking he was innocent. Yeah. OK, just tell him real quick where you are mm-hmm. and it'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, OK. So Aiden showed Deputy Robert Maloney where he and Tristan went after leaving leaving Trey's house. He said they walked to the North Dermot Durban Parkway And we know that they did because we saw it on the Amenity Center camera. He said that they walked along North Durban Parkway and got home. He got home between about 3 and 3.30 a.m. He said that they basically parted ways. Tristan turned on to Cloisterbane Drive to go back to her house. He went the other way, went back to his house. And, you know, that's the last he saw of Tristan. That's that's Aiden's story. Mm -hmm. The deputy asked him to clarify this because it was questionable that it would have taken him two hours to walk from Trey's house. We know they left Trey's house at around 1.10 a.m. We know they were seen on the footage. How are you not coming home until 3, 3.30 a.m.? What'd you do? There's two hours of time there, buddy. And a Google map search would show that the distance was about 1.4 miles and would have taken about 28 minutes to walk. So wh- what happened? Or if you're taking your time an hour. You know, I mean, maybe. Yeah. Aiden then changed his story and said that he and Tristan continued to walk along North Durban Parkway and got into an argument after Tristan grabbed his penis. He said he forcefully pushed her to the ground, which caused her to strike her head. He said this happened at the 600 block of North Durban Parkway, just north of Leith Hall Drive. So police right away are like, okay, well, number one, he's changing his story. Mm-hmm. Number two, he's introducing violence. So we know violence is yes. involved somehow. 100%. He, he wants to cover for something. Oh, let's keep on asking him some questions here. And Aiden told them that he was dizzy from smoking marijuana earlier at Trey's house. So he wasn't sure if Tristan got up after he pushed her. Aiden said that after this, he walked alone for a while. He also told a detective that it was possible that Tristan could be with a drug dealer in his 20s that she communicates with through Snapchat. Or they could potentially find her on a pathway by the North Amenities Center where teenagers tend to gather to use drugs. At this point, Aiden had his rights read as detectives felt that a crime may have occurred. Aiden invoked his rights and provided no further information, and his parents requested an attorney. As police continued their investigation, at 2.23 p.m. on May 9th, Sheriff's Deputy Kurt Hannon placed a ping order for Tristan's phone to try to locate it, believing that the phone would be with her or near her. At 3 p.m., contact was attempted with two of Tristan's friends, Samantha and Lena. No one was home, but they ended up getting a hold of her father, Jerry. He told them that Lena had spoken with Trey and was told that Tristan and another boy snuck out in the middle of the night and they were hanging out at the North Amenity Center. Trey and Tristan were going to hang out with a 22-year-old drug dealer named Carlo. So now all of a sudden they're trying to find out who is Carlo. Well, yeah, you hear drug dealer, you hear older guy, and you automatically think, okay, well, this must be the guy involved. So they did track this person down. He was quickly eliminated as a suspect. He had not been in the area since May 1st. Meanwhile, cell phone investigation continued, and the location showed a 2,500-meter radius from the central location, which was a wooded area. A request was made for a 30-day record of calls and texts from Tristan's phone, 
to identify a pattern, to identify someone she may have been in contact with at the time she went missing. So all this is happening. They may not yet have seen any kind of um, footage at this point. At 4.29 p.m., Deputy Hannon received an email with a photo attachment of a Snapchat message, which was Aiden Fucci in the back of a patrol car taking a selfie while holding a peace sign with a message saying, Hey, guys, has anybody seen Tristan lately? It's like, is that funny? Yeah. You're in the back of that car because she's missing and you were last seen with her. Right. So I don't know why he did that. The message was forwarded at least twice and included text banners that read WTF Aiden and you were with her Aiden. You know what happened to her. Mm, Interesting. So Deputy Hannon requested that Aiden's phone be seized as possible evidence. It was later discovered that he had taken multiple smiling selfies and videos as he sat in the back of the patrol car with his friend Trey. Saved them all to his Mm -hmm. camera roll like a dumbass. Yeah, I saw all the pictures and, you know, in the videos. So at this time, you know, they weren't under arrest. Trey was never under arrest, but they were just held in the back of the car. So then, of course, now we're moving on to 6.06 p.m. where we know that they got the tragic news. So this is when the sheriff's office received a call, again, that a deceased female was found. And again, she was pronounced dead at 6.15 p.m. that night. Okay, so what I was thinking was that Trey or Aiden with his Snapchat was probably trying to, like, make it seem like he had no idea. Like, hey, Peach, has anybody seen her? Like, like really looking for her. I mean, when? I don't know if it was, like, a joke or yeah. if he was mock concerned. Yeah. Well, so, obviously not concerned because he killed her. Right. He knows exactly where she is. Yeah. So Tristan was found in a wooded area about 80 feet from the southernmost retention pond at the end of a cul-de-sac on Saddlestone Drive in the neighborhood where she lived, only 0.3 miles from Aiden's home. She was lying on her right side, wearing a black Victoria's Secret shirt with the word pink on the front, black Nike brand sweatpants, and a black and white van um, slip-on shoes. Her blonde hair was matted and red in color, which appeared to be blood. It was obvious that she had stab wounds on her arms, her hands, her neck. Injuries to her back were evident by the holes that were in her t-shirt. In the immediate area, they found her cell phone, a gold tone ring, a pink vape de- device that was you know, proven to belong to her, as well as a $20 bill. There was a Powerade bottle near the pond and a possible shoe impression, impression in the wooded area. Meanwhile, police began to inspect the surveillance videos that they um, got from local residents. So one video in particular found that at 1.24 a.m., the night that Tristan was last seen. So again, that's the one that shows that she was at the amenity center. Then they move their way um, towards like more of where she was found. Footage was then this was from a neighbor's house that showed two people walking east on the sidewalk of Saddlestone Drive. And again, this was the cul-de-sac where she was ultimately found toward a pond at approximately 1.45 a.m. So that's where they're seen walking to the location that we know where she was found deceased. One subject was wearing a light-colored hooded sweatshirt and white shoes with a Nike logo. This is Aiden. And the other was significantly shorter than the first. And just to give you a frame of reference, Aiden is 5'11", Tristan is 5'4". So Um, there you go, Tristan. And again, there she is wearing a black pants and a black shirt. 
at 3.27 a.m., this same video from the same home shows only the taller subject running. And they could see it in the video. They could hear his foot padding on the on the pavement because there was also audio attached. So he's running back from the direction where he came from. So they were in this area where her body was found between around 1.45 a.m. and 3.27 a.m. So, so you're going to go to Aiden and be like, uh, here it is. Mm-hmm. Here is where you're walking. You just killed her now. Here's you running from killing her. Right. Why did you do that, Aiden? So and try to get him to be like, I don't know. <laughs> in the video, he was seen carrying the Nike shoes that he was previously wearing. Additional footage from Aiden's home, because they had security cameras. He lived in this home with his mom and his stepdad, showed Aiden carrying his shoes and entering his home at 3.32 a.m., Video footage from the inside of the home, because there was also cameras inside and out, they showed him go directly to the bedroom on the second floor, which was his bedroom. He then went to the adjacent bathroom and came out of the bathroom wearing a bathrobe. Aiden was interviewed at approximately 8.45 p.m. that evening, and present with him was his mom, 35-year-old Crystal Smith, and his dad, Jason Fucci. They both made multiple comments advising Aiden not to speak of any involvement that he may have had since the room was being recorded and to wait for their lawyer. Crystal told him that Tristan was found and Trey asked, is she good? When he was told that she was dead, his mom told him that this was why the interview was important. It's all on you right now. He responded, how is it my problem? They explained that he was the last person to be seen with Tristan, and they asked if he understood that this was a very serious situation, and he said that yes, he understood. Crystal, Aiden's mom, continued to ask where Tristan went after she left him, and he said that she probably continued to walk. His dad asked why he was out so late, and he said that they were just hanging out at Trey's house. He said that he kissed Tristan, and when his dad, his dad asked if his DNA could be found on her body, he didn't respond. They asked why he was seen on surveillance video carrying his shoes. And running. He said he was um, carrying them because they gave him blisters and made his feet hurt. They asked him if anything could be found on the clothes that he was wearing from the night before, and Aiden said, I don't think so. Why? His mom whispered, blood. Because, <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> you're, so you're in this room it being recorded, and, and that's she's, what you're saying. she's whispering I mean, the word blood. Don't get me wrong. I'm very happy that this whole family is full of dumbasses, but, um, I mean, I really have no other point besides that. Um, now, uh, question they don't live together, right? His parents, you said something no, about a stepdad. Um, he, Aiden, I don't know what the, like, 50, if it's a 50-50 or what. That night, he was staying within his mom and his stepdad's Got home it. in the Durban Crossing neighborhood. Okay, so that, I just wanted to be clear. They don't live together. They're no. Divorced. No, they're divorced. Okay. So Tristan's mom, I'm sorry, um, Aiden's Aiden. mom said, I'm just trying to think if you did something stupid, maybe something made you do it so that it could justify it, meaning drugs. Right trying to point point the blame at something else instead of accepting that your kid's a gigantic piece of shit that murdered a little girl 
13-year-old girl. And just a side um, fact, voluntary intoxication is not a defense under Florida's law. And regardless, Aiden did admit that he was not intoxicated. That's good. And here's the problem is that anybody with enough money, if you get a really expensive lawyer that can find some little like thing in the law, right, like a a previous uh, court decision that's like, well, according to this, you know, versus blah, 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 uh, this is admissible and all this Mm -hmm. crap. Like, that's why you pay a shitload for a lawyer so that something like this can be found. But that's the problem with like, you know, people that make a lot of money and people that make a little money, the people with little money go to jail more often. Sure, because they can't defend themselves. Right. So his parents asked about the incident where he's saying he pushed Tristan. He told his parents that when he did this, she yelled out his name and he just told her to F off and walked away. They told Aiden that their house was being searched as they sat there and asked him why his clothes were wet and damp when he got home. He said it was from a cup of water that spilled. They clearly didn't believe this because Jason, his dad, continued to ask, why were your clothes wet? He changed his story now and said he fell. Police searched Aiden's bedroom and located the clothing that he was seen wearing in the surveillance video, which tested positive for blood. In Aiden's bedroom, they found the sheath that belonged to the knife located on the crime scene. Multiple items of clothing were positive for blood, including the hooded sweatshirt, the white Nike shoes, and a white short sleeve t-shirt. So they did find the knife on the crime scene, and that was yes. the one that Trey positively identified, saying it was definitely he said Aiden's 100% knife. this is Aiden's, Aiden's knife. And then they found the sheath for the knife in Aiden's bedroom. Right. So basically, you have to get Aiden to say that he did it. And right. then you got case closed, basically. I mean, it's pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Now, a little side twist here. Aiden's mom, Crystal, ended up getting arrested on huh. June 6, 2021, with a charge of uh, evidence tampering. I was going to say, before you say that, I'm sure she did something to, like, you know, something mm-hmm. to protect her son. And <laughs> Piece of shit. Uh, the, the laughable thing, nothing about this is funny, but the fact that their home had video monitoring. So she's caught right on her own home security system doing oh, what she did. She didn't shut off the camera? No, she did not. I watched the video. Ah, oh, Crystal, thank God you're so stupid. Thank God you are a dumbass. So on June 6, she was booked at 12:12 p.m. She was released at 1:40 p.m. on a $25,000 bond. She was seen on her own home surveillance system cleaning her son's jeans between 12:55 p.m. and 1:28 p.m. on May 9th, which was 3 hours after Tristan's parents reported her missing the genes and the sink drain both were tested positive for blood now i don't know i hope to never know what it's going to be like if your son or daughter is you know did some kind of heinous crime but i'd like to think that i would do the right thing i would like to think and i had many many of hours to mull this over in my head while i was doing this research. we can talk about it at the end if you want and we can talk about at the end but point blank i would not be washing my son's jeans i would be horrified devastated i don't even know where my head would possibly be because i did put my shoes or my feet in her shoes yeah i mean i would sit there with my head in my hands thinking oh my god my son potentially like, how killed did i how did i raise somebody that had the capability of murdering a 13 year old where did i screw up and i have to have him you know, do serve his time for what he did I, know, this is what needs to happen i promise you i would i wouldn't be washing those jeans right. i wouldn't i know it I, I can't imagine how devastating it would be to know that your son you know this is just as deputies left her house with aiden because this is when he was giving his story 
Um, I'm sure she was reeling, but you don't go in. So the video showed that she entered his room, took the jeans, and went to the adjacent bathroom to scrub the jeans in the sink. She could be seen inspecting the jeans several times until she returned them to Aiden's room at approximately 1.28 p.m. Well, also, uh, if it's evidence, why is it in the house still? Shouldn't it be Because this is all starting. This is just the start. Tristan was only just reported missing. Police are literally just starting their... got it. She did it like the same night. No, this was like two and a half hours after Tristan was reported missing. Because she was brought up on charges like a month later. So I'm like, okay, got it. Because they're obtaining all the evidence. They're looking at these things. Yeah. So this is going to be very difficult to hear. So I'm giving you a warning that I'm going to discuss the findings of Tristan's autopsy. It's horrible. So if you want to skip forward, I completely understand. So the St. John's County Medical Examiner conducted Tristan's autopsy on Monday, May 10th, and determined that Tristan was stabbed 114 times. Holy shit. 114. 35 were to the head and neck. The wounds to her hands indicated that she was likely trying to protect her head at the time because it was like they could tell her her hand was on like a, a hard surface and it was likely on her head as he was stabbing her, which just breaks my flipping heart. Uh, there were 49 defensive wounds to her arms, torso and chest that showed that she absolutely fought back during this attack. Based on the nature of the wounds, it appeared that Aiden had been standing behind her and came at a downward angle because I'm, I'm just trying to think because I'm watching this video of the two of them walking down that street at 1.45 a.m. and thinking that he wasn't seen running back for close to two hours later and just, you know, trying to not like think too much about how everything went down. But were they just sitting at the pond talking and then all of a sudden he just did? just chose to do this like i know i've talked about killing somebody this is the perfect time to do it yeah here it is Ugh. so um based on the like i said you could tell he was standing behind her it came at a downward angle her left lung was penetrated three times and her right lung was penetrated once her time of death was consistent with occurring between 145 and 330 a.m exactly the time frame that we saw her leaving and then him coming back on May 9th, and her cause of death was ruled homicide, obviously, from sharp force trauma. There was no sign of sexual assault. Her left ankle contained the handwritten word karma in blue ink, as well as a smiley face drawn. They don't state, like, did she draw this? I mean, our 11-year-old daughter constantly has drawings on yeah, her arms more and details, legs and such. Yeah, you know, make her human. I mean, she's mm-hmm. a real human kid that got killed. Yeah. The, the murder was deduced to be pre-planned because of the statements that Aiden made to both Trey and Zophie about wanting to kill someone. Good. It's not clear if he targeted Tristan or if she just happened to be in the wrong time, or I'm sorry, in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong person. And that's honestly, I don't believe that Aiden said, tonight's the night, I'm going to do it. I think the two of them were walking in the night. They happened upon this quiet pond in the middle of the night and he took his opportunity. Yeah, I think his f- friend Trey, you know, when he called uh, Tristan and he, I'm sure Aiden was like, huh, this might be the person mm-hmm. for me. Maybe if I can get her alone and we'll see how it goes, yep. maybe I can kill this girl. Yep. What a scumbag. 
The murder weapon, which of course was Aiden's knife, was eventually located in a pond 140 feet from where Tristan's body was found. The tip of the knife was broken off, and according to the medical examiner's report, they found the tip in in Tristan's scalp. The knife was a Buck brand folding hunting knife described as a Bowie style that had a curved keen point with a double edge for two inches. And the knife was um, confirmed to have belonged to Aiden. Aiden's DNA was found on the knife and Tristan's DNA was found on a pair of shoes and a T-shirt found in Aiden's bedroom. According to a December 14th, 2022 article, Aiden has spent more than 400 days in solitary confinement. His defense attorneys requested that he be moved to a less restrictive environment or a new facility, arguing that his current setting has to be damaging to his mental health. A hundred percent. Solitary confinement's a horrible, horrible. I mean, not that he deserves anything good, but that's really intense. Yeah. So more than 400 days in solitary confinement. (sighs) That's insane. So he was initially placed in solitary confinement because of his own suicidal ideations. But then other people were making threats toward the now 15 year olds. Like I'm going to kill you, dude. Good. So they put him in solitary confinement for his own safety. They are also wanting the trial to be moved to an alternate Florida county because they don't believe that there's an impartial jury that can be selected due to the pre-trial publicity. Because when you hear of a 13-year-old girl being killed in her neighborhood by an eighth grader from her own school, people can't even believe it. So well, emotions become more involved yeah. because you know somebody that went there or whatever it might be. And mm-hmm. you, you know, I get it. That makes sense. But I thought, don't worry. I'm sure he's going to have, have the book thrown at him. Right. Regardless of where you are, when you hear the story, you're going to feel the same way. Did he ever uh, confess? No, not that I know of. He did not. And he's pled not guilty. Awesome. So Judge Lee denied both requests that he come out of solitary confinement and also that the trial be moved to a different county. Denied? Denied. Nice. Mm Mm-hmm. He and then um, so Aiden is basically just at Duval County Jail for his safety because the jail in St. John's County, where he's actually from, they don't have a juvenile wing. Jury selection will begin on February 6th and is projected to last about three to four days. So we haven't even gotten there yet. The community has held at least nine separate memorials and vigils in Tristan Bailey's honor with teal or white decorations just strewn about, ribbons displayed um, in the colors that were Tristan's favorites. To this day, there are teal ribbons in remembrance of Tristan on mailboxes, businesses, and area restaurants. On the one-year anniversary of her murder, hundreds of members of the community gathered in remembrance of Tristan. Her cheer teammates wore shirts that read, We Cheer for Tristan. The family is working on multiple things. They're trying to get a youth mental health program, a community-focused gym with self-defense classes, as well as a scholarship program. And from my understanding, they've already given out several scholarships. Awesome. That's fantastic to help her memory live on. Mm -hmm. And, And all positive things. During Tristan's celebration of life, her mom spoke remembering Tristan's birth and that her lively personality began early. She was the loudest one in the nursery. (laughs) She spoke of her drive and her determination and the close bonds and friendships that she had developed through cheer. The Facebook page Tristan Bailey Strong is run by Tristan's mom. She updates it at least weekly. In one post, she wrote, 
We also saw times this week when people wanted to dismiss grief. There is no time frame, and quite frankly, I'm not sure if grief ever ends. It takes over your mind, your heart, and every cell in your body. We carry Tristan with us every day and hurt every moment that we are not able to give our love to her. The reality is our lives are so hard to face, and there is a void that can never be filled. Sorry. It's okay. Um, It's unfathomable i i can't imagine i mean that we're gonna have to watch the trials and everything when they come up and this kid aiden is never gonna see the light of day hopefully i, I mean, hope not clearly he's got some mental issues and i as a parent i'd be like mad at the parents of aiden be like you didn't notice this like i'm, I'm no doubt about it one of his friends probably said something about, you know, he wants to kill me. Like, you got to know this. Be involved in your kids' lives. Like, I I blame the parents, um, at least whoever he spends more time with. And obviously, I blame the, the person, too. But, uh, I mean, you're, you're responsible for your kid that's living in your own house. Yeah. Like, how does this go unnoticed that he's such a psychopath that and he can murder somebody? And why is he somebody? killing or um, why is he carrying knives around? I would not be comfortable with my 14-year-old keeping knives i mean they're weapons it's i don't not, know yeah. it's not like he was in the country and using no, them for farming and stuff in yeah. a neighborhood like they live right next door to their next door neighbors he's trolling the neighborhood with his friends i just like why do you have knives with you you live in a nice neighborhood with an amenity center i Any mean it's, place it's a beautiful a, i was lo- i was looking at the homes they're beautiful right Any, i picture it pretty like high end and it's like yeah odds are you probably don't need the knife buddy okay or two knives that you name right i mean you're hanging out with fellow 13 and 14 year olds what's the weapon for like this is Florida, you have some people that are, you know, just like the more country stuff. So I, I get that maybe, but it's still like so many questions. Like, why did it have to happen? Why couldn't you have identified this? And gotten yourself some help. Yeah. So her, her mom finished by writing, Tristan, we miss you so very much. The tears just never seem to stop. What I would give to turn back the hands of time. We love you, sweet girl. The family ret- refers to themselves as the Bailey Seven because, of course, they had, you know, five children and the two parents. They encourage everyone to find a moment each day to feed the good wolf within the- ourselves. The Through, good wolf. Yeah, that's what they call it. Hmm. Through acts of kindness and love as a community so that we can drive evil out together. And that is the story of the murder of Tristan Bailey. And so th- thank you for bringing Tristan's story here. But um, the, the mental health thing that her parents started, I'm mm-hmm. p- probably because of Aiden. I'm sure. Mental health. That's, yes. that's a really cool thing to do, recognizing that, you know, it takes a lot to be like this kid had some mental health problems, obviously. And if he would have had some help. Right. Maybe that this could have been prevented. Maybe, you know, it's if not Tristan, you know, somebody else who knows. But it, all these questions are just what ifs because it doesn't matter anymore because poor Tristan was murdered by Aiden. And I just wish like the friends would have said something more or something. So that's what police said. Like, you know, if you hear somebody saying disturbing things like this, yes, both his girlfriend and his friend blew it off as like, oh, he's just talking crazy and coping with his home life, whatever exactly that meant. I don't know. But if you hear somebody saying something like this, say something. Yeah. Like, tell his parents or somebody Sophie, you know when he's threatening you with a a knife that's when you got to say something and i know Sophie and aiden or uh trey i'm sorry uh, Sophie and trey are probably going to feel terrible for the rest of their lives because they could have saved poor tristan but and we're not saying that it's their fault we're just saying moving forward for future events if you hear somebody saying something disturbing 
take it seriously because one never knows. And all they can do now is maybe tell other people to mm-hmm. do that. Be like, listen, I could, I should have said something with my friend at the time, Aiden. Like, you know, spread the story, tell more people, people will be, you know, more likely to, to say something. Yeah. So anyway, the trial will be happening sometime this, this year. And again, like I said, they're going to start selecting jury just next month. Well, I'd so, love to get on that one. Yeah. And, uh, go make that piece of shit live in uh, jail forever. And God, please, like, hopefully there's no tr- uh, parole or any of that bullshit. Well, thank you for telling Tristan's story. Yeah, you're welcome. You know, I'll see Teal for the next few days and think about her. Mm -hmm. Our whole house is splashed with that color. (laughs) It is. I I thought about her so much, you know, because obviously the story is just so tragic. Yeah. And we have kids in that same age range and all of the things at our house are teal and turquoise. I just, I thought about Tristan like I had dreams about Tristan this week. Really? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Sorry for Tristan and her family. Well, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. And uh, if you like what you hear and it's interesting and you want to, you know, hear more about other unfortunate stories, you know, that we that we share, then you can become a Patreon. We have a bonus episode every uh, other week. So uh, you can get either one bonus episode a month or all the bonus episodes. So uh, check it out. And I'm going to like to uh, talk about our patrons here. We appreciate all of you. Colleen, Lily, Karen, Nadine, Allie, Michael, Kayla, Dominic, Brian, Shannon, Elizabeth, Mandy, Alana, Vivian, Viv- yeah, Vivian, uh, Trisha, Lauren, Megan, Jamie, Chastity, Elizabeth, Clara Ann, Emily, stop laughing, Kathy, Ava, Jovi, Eileen, Misty, Rochelle, Destiny, Ellie, Sherry, Melanie, Bettina, Rebecca, Gabrielle, Angela, Sabrina, Sandra, Taylor, Dana, Allison, Ashley, Mindy, and Sandy. That is a good amount of patrons, and thank you so much for your your support and all that stuff, and we appreciate the hell out of you guys. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, and uh, Allison's laughing because of Alana's name. I always get screwed up by Alana. I want to say it right, and I just want to say it. I asked you before the show, I'm like, how do you think it's (laughs) up? And it looks like Alana, and that's how I said it. And then- (laughs) What's the problem here, Mike? I'm sorry, Alana. You're awesome. So everybody on there is awesome, but uh, that's the one that gets me. Yeah, thank you guys so much, and I'm sorry for my tears, but you know, sometimes you just can't help, but- Never apologize for tears. I think emotion is a-okay, and that's why we're here, like, to share things, you know, just be human. Yeah. So, everyone, until next time, bye! Bye! (laughs) Bye!